Welcome back into the Encouraging the Conversation podcast. This is the podcast where we encourage the conversation around wellness and resilience. We have another really exciting episode for you guys today with a couple of really special guests. Now, today's uh, podcast, we have a really interesting chat about therapy, a bit of a deep dive into what therapy is, how to look for a therapist, and some things you might want to expect when going to therapy. Two special guests touch on it. Let's dive in. Welcome back into the Encouraging the Conversation podcast. This is episode three. I'm super excited for today's session. Um, I'm your host, Ross, based here in HealthWise New Zealand. I've got a couple of really special guests for you guys today and another colleague joining me in the booth, Anna Fisher, all the way from HealthWise in Canada. Welcome in, Anna. Hey, thanks, Ross. Hey, everybody. Anna from HealthWise. I'm based in Toronto, but uh, take care of HealthWise for the Americas here. And I have two super amazing Americas guests with us today. Dave, let's start with you because I know you the longest. Dave, you've been with the company for how long now? Uh, minus a year and a half on the old uh, pandemic furlough. I've been here since 2008, so about 14 years. 14 years. So Dave Burton, and I don't even know what your job is these days, Dave, what would you call yourself? (laughs) A little bit of everything at this point in time, but uh, I've actually just moved into a new role where we've created a global GDS viewership uh, team. So essentially we'll be making sure that everybody can see all their hotel rates and all the PCCs that Flight Center owns globally used by corporate. Amazing. And also coming all the way from Los Angeles, California, we have Ben. Ben, tell us a bit about your history with the company and what is your current uh, role? Sure. Very nice to uh, be with you all. Uh, my name is Ben Hobbs. I'm the VP of Customer Success for North America. Uh, I've been with uh, Flight Center since 2004, so uh, 18 years now with uh, a brief hiatus. But uh, yeah, uh, really enjoying my time here. So a couple of legends, Ross, a couple of legends. Absolute legends. Um, thanks very much for jumping on the podcast today, guys. Before we jump into today's topic, we have this theme, what we do as part of the podcast, and it's called Healthwise Speed Dating, where we ask you guys five random questions, quick fire answers, just to get to know you a bit better so the audience also can learn a few things. You're allowed to pass, and if you pass, Anna gets the questions. So uh, let's dive <laughs> in. Surprise. Surprise, yeah. So for the first question for today, this is for you, Dave. If animals could talk, which would be the dumbest? Oh, geez. Uh, I think in like a technical sense, uh, armadillos don't look particularly smart. (laughs) Armadillos. Uh, This one here is for you, Ben. What's the strangest food you've ever tried? Horse sashimi. Horse horse sashimi? Oh, wow. Yeah. What's that? It's a raw horse in, uh, yeah, northern Japan. It's a delicacy up there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Anna's face is quite the picture right now. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you for trying it. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. This next one's for you, Dave. Uh, Do you have any quirks? Oh, I was born with a really funny hand, which I suppose most people won't be able to see, but I don't have a thumb joint on my right hand, and I've got one gigantic knuckle connecting my ring and uh, baby fingers. Awesome. Uh, What's the funniest thing you've ever seen, Ben? Oh, um, a guy who was clearly on a date with his girlfriend and her parents, and he did that thing to lean backwards to pick up his fork that he dropped on the floor, fell backwards and pulled the whole table on top of him. I was dying <laughs> with laughter. Yeah. Fortunately, it wasn't me. It was somebody else. You saw yeah. that in real life? or that was on In Instagram? real life. In real life. In, yeah, oh, no. in my university days. It was amazing. Poor guy. Yeah. Um, this one's for you, Dave. Which sport 
do you think they'll invent next? Uh, I'm actually going to pass just to hear what Anna's answer on this one. <laughs> That's a tough one. <laughs> um, maybe something with, maybe they're all invented, some kind of parachute skiing into the ocean, surfing, like, I don't know. Pass, that sounds, over you, ben. That sounds uh, like really extreme. <laughs> I can't think of anything right now. Maybe maybe some like sort of more extreme racing where it's kind of like almost video gamey type racing. Yeah, esports or something like that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, this next question is for you, Ben. What trend do you find tough to handle these days? Is there a trend you find tough to handle? I'm going to show my age now, just social media. <laughs> Just, just in general, TikTok. I haven't even signed on for it. I have no TikTok, no nothing. I find it. Yeah, yeah fair enough. I'm 41 on the outside, but like 98 on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> um, the six ones for you, Dave. What always makes you feel old? <laughs> Social media. Uh, <laughs> there you go. I'd say, in all honesty, um, sitting for work now because it used to be just like pop up and go anywhere you want now i like pop up my leg gives out and i just fall down and have to wait for my dog to find me or something <laughs> yeah for sure uh this one's for you ben would you prefer a monkey or a bird as a roommate monkey for sure no no hesitation yeah <laughs> uh this next one's for you dave what's the most dangerous thing you've ever done probably cliff jumping in mexico i don't know what the measurement was but the reason it was the most dangerous thing i'd ever done was how drunk i was at the time <laughs> <laughs> that does sound dangerous drunk cliff diving and our lucky last question for you ben which will lead us nicely into today's session is what superhero or villain would make the best therapist oh wow um the joker <laughs> what? <laughs> <Don't be laughs> I um I don't know. I think most superheroes have uh I think that most of them could do with seeing a therapist rather than being a therapist. <laughs> That's probably a good call for sure. Yeah. And that leads us really nicely into today's topic, which is on therapy, uh, also known as counselling here down under in New Zealand and Australia. Um so we're gonna have a bit of a chat about that. Dave, Ben, you guys both have experience with it, so we're really keen to hear your thoughts around it. And I guess get to uh, understand it a bit better so we can encourage others to perhaps look at it if um, they should need it. So the first question really is around the stigma of going to therapy. Um, what do you guys think there is a stigma going to therapy? Perhaps we'll start with you, Dave. Why do you think there's stigma around it? Uh, I think like my own personal experience, although I'm sure it's a little more universal than that, is just sort of old-timey uh, perspectives on it. Like, um, my dad grew up really poor in post-World War II Scotland. And so like, you know, crying would get you a backhand kind of thing. And so the idea of going and like intentionally doing it with a stranger, uh, seems weak, I guess. Um, I mean, I've tried my whole life to be the complete opposite of my dad. Um, but at the same time, it still gets ingrained in you. And I mean, I only really tried therapy for the first time when I was like 37 and it didn't take due to my own sort of falling, falling downs. Um, and it's only been in the last two months I've found a therapist that works for me. And I feel like, Oh, this is actually worthwhile sticking with. And you can notice a change finally kind of thing, but it is, I mean, it is, it's a stigma. It's a big, uh, especially for guys with that whole, 
suck it up and get back out there kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. And that's, um, I guess, a really key point that you've mentioned there is that uh, sometimes males are a bit less um, likely to open up and, and talk about, you know, their feelings and, and perhaps what's going on, which is, you know, I guess a really key message for today is to really encourage both male and females to make sure they are opening up, up about how they feel, whether that's a loved one or whether that's with a counselor or therapist. But, you know, like rates around things like suicide and stuff like that is much higher for males. So mm. it, it is, you know, like, I guess a really key point to make sure that men are making sure that they are looking after themselves. So yeah, for sure. What are your thoughts on around the stigma, Ben? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I grew up in the UK and um, I, it was almost like a not a taboo subject, but something you really didn't talk about your feelings very much. I remember my dad said to me once that crying shows that you're feeling sorry for yourself, um, and which was a really strange thing looking back on it now. Um, and I was, you know, in the, in the US, it was a I think growing up in the UK, you'd look at the US and you'd be like, oh, look at these uh, the crazy Americans that, you know, go to therapy all the time and it's this really expensive thing that you do and it, does it really actually help at all? And um, and, and much like uh, Dave, I didn't really experience it until my late 30s, early 40s. And um, I feel that I had so much wasted time where, where I could have done done it so much earlier in my life. Absolutely. Yeah. It's an interesting thing you mentioned there around like this, the cost of, of therapy and things like that, because, you know, if we think about our health in general, often people don't hesitate to perhaps go get help with their fitness. If they go see a personal trainer, or maybe they'll you know, book and see a nutritionist if they need nutritional help. But I don't really understand why, why people won't see that as an investment to go on and get some emotional help, because we all need coaching for our emotions. Sometimes you don't, you know, grow up, learning how to do this often you know we don't you know we don't learn everything and it's like you know your fitness and your nutrition you don't know like everything about fitness or nutrition before you learn it it's, mm -hmm. it's the same with our emotional well-being and who's the best pe people to teach us about that and that's um you know therapists and counselors i'll tell you i'm going through a kitchen rental right now my house is 104 years old and i think it's something along the lines of it's really easy to pay like X number of dollars to get like a new counter or new paint or a new backsplash or whatever. The painful costs are, oh, there's like an extra junction box in my electrical system in the wall, but that's going to be the most expensive thing I have to deal with, but nobody's ever going to see that. So I think it's tough sometimes to say like, uh, you know, I'm dying on the inside, but I'm smiling on the outside. I'm going to spend all this money just to make myself feel better. Like that, again, if you're depressed, <laughs> that's sometimes mm -hmm. the way you look at it, where it's like, it's not worth that amount of money to fix something that's like, you know, not on the outside that everybody's going to see. Yeah. That's a great point. And Thanks. yeah, the, the, I want to mention too, because we do have EAP for um, flight center staff in most countries that would be listening to this podcast. But the thing is, that's for kind of situational, right? It's not going to be your long-term therapist or your counselor, right? It's like, for a crisis or during a pandemic, or you're having like an issue that they can talk you through. But um, again, the whole budgeting it out when you don't see an improvement. And I, I do have questions about how it feels like afterwards and is it immediate, you know, um, happiness or, or something like that. But yeah, to budget it out, it's like Ross was saying, you know, maybe you see a nutritionist or personal trainer or something, and maybe you see a difference on the outside and maybe you don't. But I love that point, Dave. And credit where credit is due, the EA program or the EAP program was the first counseling that I ever took because I essentially had a breakdown at my desk at home working. 
um, called them in like a bit of an emergency, got set up with a counselor for like eight weeks, did not like that counselor in fairness. But again, that was my, I had an option. So, I mean, whoever it was in the company that set that up, that's the reason I'm now in therapy. Yeah. And going back to the stigma, I remember, um, the first time that one of my friends uh, ever spoke to me about depression in the UK, um, he said that he'd, he'd been diagnosed with it. And I didn't understand it. He was a good friend of mine. And he, my, my thought is, but you always seem so happy. Yeah. You know, and it, I just didn't, I didn't discount it, but I just didn't understand it at the time. And it took me a long time, a long, long time, many, many years, probably 15 years later that I was looked back on it and thought, okay, I understand now. Yeah. Uh, and I, there's a level of guilt that I have about that as well, that I, I probably didn't act in the way that I probably should have done. It's just something we try and, um, you know, talk about too, with some of the training we've been developing at, at, at Flight Center is, is around empathy, which is that understanding of the distress that some of people might be thinking, because it, it's perhaps, um, you know, not always human, human nature to jump straight to empathy. We we'll, might try and say something that will, try and make someone feel better or, you know, perhaps give them an, an answer or, you know, something that will help them in the moment, but it's not helpful. And, you know, unless you learn that skill and, and often that's just developed through time or through, through teachings and things like that. But, you know, I wouldn't give yourself a hard time being like, it's not something that perhaps, you know, you'd immediately learn if you haven't, especially 15 years ago, like it's not something that was, I guess, well, you know, voiced or well, well taught. So, uh, that is something we're trying to work on. And I guess it's the sort of the purpose of these podcasts as well is to continue to encourage the conversation. Yeah. So can I ask you guys what it's actually like to go to a therapy session? Like I've seen Tony Soprano and he's the guy who kind of breaks the stigma for me, right? Like he's this big mob guy, but he goes to the therapist all the time, right? Like his challenges are different than everybody else's like he's murdering guys left and right but what is it actually like like do you go sit down on a couch or like is it virtual or do you talk to somebody on the phone like can you guys talk about any of your personal experience to give us an idea like do they just sit there and ask you a whole bunch of questions or do they talk do you talk i don't know who wants to answer that one um, I can start at least. Um, through the EAP program, I got set up with a counselor at a sort of a, a therapy business here, if you will. And I didn't, I didn't love it. It was pre-pandemic and I did go out and I did sit on the couch and, you know, a lady across from me did ask me questions and stuff, but it was very, I mean, again, credit where credit is due. It's why I'm in therapy now, but there's certainly levels to what therapy is, I believe. Um, and the one that I originally got set with, I was just, I was controlling the conversation a hundred percent, which therapy can be good in that sense, but I was also deflecting and I was leading the conversation over here when I knew it could have gone over here. Um, now I ended up getting set up with, uh, like a full on, psychiatrist, I guess. I don't even know, to be honest with you. Um, but she is, I think partially because I'm at home and it is virtual now, partially because I'm at home in my comfort zone and there is this disconnect. I actually find it's easier to sort of spill your guts to them kind of thing. Like uh, it feels less personal while still, I mean, absolutely leaving me in a sobbing mess some weeks kind of thing. Um, and this one, it is very much more so she'll push me in a direction 
but it's a direction she knows I need to get pushed in. And from there, I just roll downhill with it kind of thing and see where we end up. I've had a few different approaches. The first one I saw when I was in Chicago was in person. Um, and uh, it, it, was, it was great. Um, unfortunately, he, he moved states. And so I stopped seeing him and then actually stopped therapy for a while. And actually moved to a, a therapy bot, which was interesting. That's a different story. Um, but now that I'm in California because of uh, COVID, it, it's mostly been virtual. Not mostly, it's all been virtual. Um, but in terms of the sessions, I would say that for me, it, it varies massively every session with, with my current therapist. And I did go through one therapist that, much like Dave, I, I didn't get much value from. Um, they, they were much younger than I am. And I just didn't think the life experiences that I, I'd been through really related particularly well. Um, but my new therapist is fantastic. And sometimes she'll use life stories of her own um, to, to guide me through, through the conversation. And then other times I'll share things as well. But I think the, the thing that people get really scared about is that the, you're going to be forced to tell the therapist all of these things, but it's, it's down to you, the, the pace at which you reveal things um, until you find a level of comfort. Um, you know, it, it, did, it took me a few weeks before I really felt really comfortable opening up fully. Um, but then once you have that level of comfort, it, it's such a relief. It's, it's amazing to ha have somebody you can speak to that has no connection to anybody else in your world. And you can just speak to completely openly and honestly. So Ben, so say you talk to somebody for an hour, however long mm -hmm. the session is, do you notice like an immediate difference when you hang up that call or hang up the computer or whatever, or is it something that kind of take some time to say, oh yeah, that was a really excellent session. I'd say varies every time. Sometimes there's something uh, you just want to get off your shoulders and it's just, it's just that immediate relief. And as Dave said, there are times when you leave the session with maybe more questions than you went into it with. Um, and it, it does take a little bit of soul searching um, and, and makes you feel face some, some things that you've maybe not really thought about for a while. So I wouldn't say that there's a clear answer on everyone, but there's always some sort of value that comes out of it. Yeah. I always feel like, um, a hundred percent better in the like hour or two after I've just come out of therapy. Cause we usually do, you know, she doesn't tend to be like, okay, tell me about when your cat died. And then five minutes later, the session's over or anything, uh, tend to lead you to a point to then let you back out into the world. Uh, so sometimes you feel pretty good for a couple of hours and then afterwards it's just like, oh, there it is, it's coming back in again. And then you got to go for another session. <laughs> right. Is it ever over? Like, do you ever, like, is going to therapy like someone who takes a cholesterol pill or something? Is it like something you guys would see yourselves doing for like a long, long time? Or do you think like, oh, I just need five, like the EAP gives you five and then you know, see you later because Ben, I know you've been going for, I believe years, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. On and off. I don't know if it's on and off or, you know, you're switching therapists and that sort of thing, but is there like ever an end or is that just like, as Ross is saying, you do go to a personal trainer every, you know, so often just to keep your physical fitness up. Do you go see a therapist every so often to keep, you know, your mental health going? I think it probably depends on, on the result you're trying to achieve. Um, you know, I, I don't see a, an end for it myself. Um, 
a lot of the reason I do it is because I, I, I don't tend to share a lot with other people in a great amount of detail. And so for me, it is a, uh, that comfort zone, somebody that I can speak to very honestly and openly without the fear of my thoughts or situations affecting other people. Um, and that's, it, you know, it's a personal issue of myself that I always think that oh, if I tell other people about this thing that happened, then they're going to have, you know, it's going to affect their, their thoughts around certain situations. So I don't see myself moving away from therapy. It's been really beneficial for me, but I think I wouldn't say that that's necessarily going to be the same experience for everyone. Gotcha. I think it is a tough one to say because it's an individual, right? Like somebody may have just had a bad death in the family they can't move past, in which case they do. Maybe they just need a year's worth of, or a month's worth of, or an hour's worth of chatting with somebody. Uh, I always thought it would be like that, right? Like it would be sort of like getting braces and, you know, four years down the road, everything's going to be straight up and normal and stuff. And now I'm just like, oh, this is going to be so expensive for the rest of my life. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're doing this forever, aren't I? My wife's been in therapy for, I mean, eight years or something. And I'm, she's the one who really got me uh, convinced that, you know, it wasn't a loser dumb thing to do. Like my brain keeps telling me it is. Um, and she certainly doesn't ever intend on quitting. And as of this point, I've been, I've at least set myself to, it's going to be a long haul for sure. Cause right. yeah, I've probably been depressed since grade two. So that puts me at like 35 years of, uh, work to put in so i guess 74 years old or something here i come <laughs> <laughs> awesome dave but it, it is like other areas of our health though right like you you know if you go to a personal trainer once or twice or even five sessions you might get a little bit of benefit but you're probably not gonna have the best physical health of you get the best you know out of it the same with nutrition you might go once or twice and you, you're not gonna have the best knowledge around nutrition but if you keep going over time you know the longer you go the more you learn the more you get out of it so uh, i guess it's a bit of like like that in, in the sense would you say oh, i'm sorry do you guys work out regularly and watch what you eat is that something <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have got another podcast episode <laughs> No, no, I, I think it's something that you, I encourage most people to work at. Um, yeah. You know, it, I think continuing to compare it to physical health is an important thing because it is just as important as your physical health, if not more important, because, um, I mean, they're so closely linked together, right? Your mental health is so closely linked to your physical health. And, you know, um, you know the, some of the advice that, you know, therapist will give is around your physical health you know they they, they will constantly quite often ask me about my sleep patterns or my my dietary need uh, how my diet is um and those kind of are you exercise you know you're going out for a, a walk every day so there's a very close link between the two um so it's, it's really important to focus on both i think yeah and we try and talk about that within health wise about about well-being being um, a multitude of things it's not just your physical health it's your mental health but also like things like your purpose you know living by your values and um you know your, your purpose and also um you know your, your family health and all that sort of stuff is all interlinked connected and affects how we think feel act um all that sort of great stuff i loved all the things that you guys were saying around that and dave you sort of briefly touched on this um question before i even asked it is how do you find a therapist because uh, you mentioned that perhaps you know the erp was a great place to start but maybe you didn't click as well 
um, as you would like with that person. So how do you find uh, a therapist? What have you guys done to, to find, you know, I guess, the, the best person for you? So I don't know if it's a Canadian webpage or if it's uh, international or not, but I was recommended to go to Psychology Today and search in my area. And there were all the therapists listed there with what they do and what they specialize in and this, that, and the other. Uh, and so I actually reached out to a bunch of them. And um, I'll tell you, a lot of them did not get back to me, which didn't do great things for my abandonment issues. But... Um, I ended up, in all honesty, I knew my wife loved her therapist. Like, again, she's been she's been going to her for years and years and years and years and years and only uh, ever has great things to say about the work that she's done. So I just said, can you please just see if she has someone she can recommend to me? And we're in a great place, but we'd done a couple of um, couples therapy things anyway. So she had an idea of who I was and uh, she knew, I mean, I'm on positive gems talked about our relationship at some point in time in her in her therapy. So um, her therapist was able to say, you know what, I do know somebody let me reach out to her, see if she's got space for you, that kind of thing. And then a couple emails back and forth, we had something scheduled and next thing you know, I'm therapying. How about you, Ben? What's your experience with, you know, finding the right person and, um, you know, how'd you go about doing that? So the f very first time was through my, um, uh, GP, uh, my, my regular doctor, um, Northwestern Medical Group in Chicago, one of the best uh, um, medical groups I've ever experienced. And um, I really enjoyed my doctor and, you know, um, came up in conversation and we'd got to know each other pretty well at that time. And uh, she knew some of the, the therapists that work on, worked under Northwestern Medical Group. So that's how I, I found my first therapist and she was spot on. It was a great recommendation. Um, and then after that, um, um, I'd been recommended to a therapy uh, a, a group in the California area. And they actually have somebody who places you with therapists. So it's like an intake that you ask you about what sort of experience you're looking for. You know, if you want somebody who is just, you know, more uh, kind of what Greg, Dave was talking about earlier, somebody who will just listen. Uh, and give little tidbits of information or somebody who's going to kind of like challenge the way you think because there's different approaches to it. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, the first person they recommended me to didn't work out, but then I went back to them again and then they found somebody who was absolutely perfect. So um, I, I think if you've got a good therapy group or um, um, group, then they will probably offer that kind of service, which is fantastic. Outside of that, I think recommendations are a really, really solid way to go. Wouldn't recommend going to the same therapist as <laughs> the person who recommends you, but um, you know, they can, a therapist can usually recommend another good therapist. If you've never been before, guys, how do you know if it's not working out? Like, isn't it, I don't know, for me, I would imagine it's a little bit uncomfortable or awkward the first time you're going like, hi, yeah, um, I've got a couple of issues. I'm hoping you can help me out with like, how do you know it's not working out? Like what kind of signs or like, it, you just feel it in your gut. Like, you know, like, yeah, I'm not talking to this person about anything. See you later. For me, uh, it was it, the things that I was talking about. You could just tell that there was no level of experience, like personal experience in it. And okay. it, the questions weren't around trying to get to the root cause of, what I was feeling. It was more around getting an understanding of the situation. And I just didn't feel that 
there, there's, there's probably about a 15 year age gap between us um, uh, with them being younger than me. And I just didn't feel that there was, there was enough there at that point. And now I've gone the complete opposite and my new therapist is probably 20 years older than me. And it's absolutely amazing. What about you, Dave? How did you know that EAP person wasn't going to be the one? So I've spent like my, I'm very much an introvert. Like all this ha 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 stuff is just so that you won't notice how much I hate being an extrovert. Um, and so I've, I've lived in, in my head for far longer than I've lived out here in the world with the rest of you kind of thing. And I've been deflecting my whole life away from depression and anxiety and hiding my stupid hand and yada, yada, yada. So I've got all these built up things that I know work. I know how to guide a conversation. I know uh, what lines will make people laugh. I know what things I can hide behind. I know how far I can go without weirding out the room kind of thing. And just when I went into, you know, I expected to be swept off my feet, if you will, right? Like, holy shit, this is what a therapist is like, that sort of thing. Um, and it wasn't. I was having the same conversation that I'd had with, you know, coworkers kind of thing. Like, you know, that surface level, there was no attempt to... There was no attempt to get to what was making me sad. It was just like, well, what happened last week? And it was, you know, I can do that. I do do that myself. I, I relive every moment I take part in kind of thing in minute detail. Uh, so I was doing more both work and damage to myself than uh, I was getting out of that therapist. And so again, it took, I've seen the wonders that my wife's therapist has done for hers. So sort of like Ben was saying, recommendations, absolutely. Uh, and it's another therapist, not the same one, but from within the same business. So I knew it would be that level uh, of quality. And um, I mean, again, I'm probably only eight weeks in and maybe in another eight weeks, I'll go, oh, it's happening again. Uh, but right now I'm like a blubbering mess halfway through and I'm like, I was trying not to cry this week. What did you do to me? <laughs> um, so in that sense to me, it's, it's pushing me, right? Like it's putting yeah. me in a place where I'm not comfortable. It's putting me in a place where I haven't been, um, where I haven't put myself already. Um, so in that sense, I think it's working, but yeah. I don't know. Cause the brain's, it's insane. It might be getting worse. I can't tell. <laughs> So many gems there, guys, like absolutely loving everything that you're saying and so many good take-home messages for, for people out there, especially, you know, our flighties that we're trying to, you know, I guess, encourage opening up. What would be some reasons that perhaps people might go along to therapy? Is there some reasons that, you know, just in general, people might want to consider it? Like if they're sitting there, they're not sure whether they should start looking at it. What would be some general reasons that people might want to look at it? I'd almost just say go. Like whether you might go to three sessions and the person be like, do you need to be here? Uh, that would be ideal. But I bet you the vast majority of people could use some help navigating life, uh, our own brain chemistry, our own this, that, and the other, right? Like we don't, un the best scientist in the world doesn't understand how the brain works. I'm not going to pretend like I do, certainly. And it could be, a, I think it always has this like, connotation has to be something really bad and it doesn't you know it could be something like you know career advice is something you know it's uh having somebody who's again outside of your regular circle somebody who's completely impartial like it it's you know just somebody who can just say to you without all the other noise in your life and without the same experience that you had and just give you some like very different advice and you know it doesn't always necessarily need to, 
don't always need to take that advice but it's, it's it's good to kind of like balance it against what you know you've been thinking for the longest time it's like having uh, a diary that doesn't talk back to you and can also talk back to you if you want it to kind of thing yeah, and that's like a really key message, I guess, as well, Ben. It's something we try and talk to our people about, especially when it comes to the employee assistance program, is that sometimes uh, our people will think that you need something to happen really bad in your life to go along to EAP, but it's not about that. Perhaps you've had a really stressful couple of weeks, especially with things like high workloads and stuff that everyone's under the pump at the moment, and you're just not sure how to cope with your emotions and perhaps you're not dealing with it as well as you could. That's a great reason to go. Maybe you, um, you know, you had some change in your life. That's a great reason to go. There's so many different things that we can go to along um, to EAP or a therapist or counselor for that you know don't necessarily need to be you know, overwhelming issues for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's, I've also, it's, uh, I've also bragged to my therapist a few times, you know, because you know sometimes you don't want to like shout about your own successes with things, but it's. It's nice, you know, you, you, I'll speak with her and she'll be like, oh, how did that thing go? Oh, it went really well, actually, you know, this, this went, you know, it was a good reaction, this went well, and it, it's nice to be able to do that every now and again as well. So there's, there's two sides to the coin, and then other times you're like, oh, yeah, you know, it was a tough week, you know, this happened, and, you know, I, I wonder if I could have done this better, and da, da, da. And it's, it's nice to have somebody just to bounce everything off of. I was just going to say, and also just to call you out, uh, I think, in sort of the opposite, which is like, I always assume anybody around me can do anything I can do because I'm not great at stuff. Um, oh, I got to note that one down for next session. Um, <laughs> but then she, you know, she'll say like, well, can they really? Or like, I'm literally in a, in a role where there's four of us in the entire world. And I imagine there's probably a reason for that. But I really was like, I don't know, they just needed somebody to fill the role or whatever. And she's like, you're one of four people in the world that's probably because you're good at something i was like yeah all right fine <laughs> oh so many good gems today loving it uh, anna do you have any further question for our guys today i don't think so maybe do you guys have any um like book recommendations or podcast recommendations that we can leave our listeners with whether it's about therapy or or anything else that that might be helpful I don't do nonfiction well. Um, uh, dealing with reality is not my uh, strong suit, which is probably why I'm in therapy. Uh, but if anybody needs a book recommendation, uh, I'm a nutcase for music, books, movies, TV, yada, 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 because depressed and live in my basement kind of thing. Um, so if anybody needs any content, uh, I'm more than happy to give it out, but not useful content. I don't have any of that. And I'm struggling really hard to think of the app that I mentioned earlier. It was um, created by Stanford um, and it was to it's kind of like self-guided therapy, essentially. So if, if you don't want to necessarily speak to somebody and um, I'm completely forgetting what it's uh, Wobot. It's called Wobot, W-O-E-B-O-T. And it's a, a really fantastic uh, um, app to just help people through things. So I'd, I'd highly recommend people uh, download that if, if they'd like to. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah, absolutely amazing recommendations. And again, we really appreciate you guys' time today. Dave, Ben, you've been absolutely fantastic guests on our Encouraging the Conversation podcast. Legends. Do you have any? Yeah, absolute legends. Do you guys have any final closing I guess, comments or specific things you'd like to mention about therapy to our flighties out there? Uh, I think just don't 
think you have to carry the weight of the world or even the weight of your own life on your own shoulders. Um, mm -hmm. And I mean, like I said earlier, I think probably everybody could use therapy, but obviously not everybody's going to go to therapy, but like talk to somebody, man, um, be it a relationship or a friendship or a family or a, whoever it is, just don't keep it all inside. It's uh, I, I waited way too long and I mean, God, the, the worst part, listen, the worst part about getting better now is thinking about all the years I just was sad. Um, so, I mean, talk to somebody, email me. I don't care. Um, yeah. Just talk to somebody. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I, I'm a big believer in therapy, but just trust your friends as well. It's something that, you know, I'm, I'm starting to do more and more. Uh, and I've been very surprised and pleasantly surprised with uh, their reactions to things you know it's uh, everyone has a support structure around them so definitely use it and one last thing sorry he just ben just made me think of that is um and i asked some people to write up some stuff for mental health awareness week last year or something i don't know what it was but i wrote this long insane screed that i posted on uh, facebook and listen when it or on workplace when it first went up Oh, I regretted it deeply. Um, but by the end of like day two, um, the number of people who had just like DM'd or emailed or called or whatever, and were just like, again, everybody has something, right? Like, so it was just like, holy crap, I identified with that. Holy crap, thank you for writing that. Anna, thank you for asking me to write that. Because again, that's another one of the things I did where I was like, okay, I can be in therapy now. Again, reach out to somebody, tell somebody you're not crazy. Anna, you've been a fantastic co-host. Dave and Ben, you guys, amazing guests. Thank you so much for joining the Encouraging the Conversation podcast. Thank you. Thanks, Ross. There you guys have it. That's episode three of the Encouraging the Conversation podcast. If this podcast made you think, you learned something, or you really enjoyed it, uh, a rating really uh, helps us out. So please uh, give us a rating, share with your colleagues, and we'll catch you in the next one.